You're now listening to the Self-Development Collective, a podcast in community full of inner work and self-development ideas to help us get unstuck and become the person we truly want to be. Hi guys, and welcome to Searching for Better. So in this episode today, we're going to go through overcoming the self-critic. Now, this is something that we, I feel like we all have an inner critic. Uh, we all at some point in our lives struggle to manage it, um, struggle to overcome it. And that's definitely something that I'm familiar with. I don't know about you, but today I want to go through some things that have helped me to work with the self-critic a bit more, be less judgmental about it. Um, in some ways, overcome it. So today we're going to go through how to overcome the self-critic. And there's just a couple of steps here today that we're going to go through. Um, and again, as always, take what resonates, leave what doesn't. So let's get started. The first thing uh, when it came to working with the self-critic is first becoming aware of when the self-critic arises. Um, the reason I say that is because I listened to something recently that spoke a lot about self-criticism and how to manage it. And it actually said that our self-criticism is tied to our attachment style and our main caregivers. So usually when we have a self-critic, that voice tends to be very similar or the same as our main caregivers, those who perhaps maybe unintentionally criticized us or we felt as though criticized us. And that's something that really helped me because when I started to understand the situations that were coming up where I was getting self-critical, and then I could understand uh, perhaps the caregiver's voices that I tended to use most, I just became more aware of how my self-critic was working when it would get when it would come up. Um, and it just helped me to understand it a bit more. And that'll get me to the next point. So the first thing I would say is recognize when the self-critic comes up. Is there a certain situation where your self-critic comes up the same types of situations? Is it, you know, when you've maybe had a fight with your partner and the self-critic kicks in, or maybe it's when you go to do something outside of your comfort zone, or maybe it's about when you're again, pursuing something that you want to do. Uh, Perhaps it's maybe when it comes to your parenting. Um, I'm not a parent, so I wouldn't have a clue of how that works, but It's all about just recognizing when that self-critic comes up. So when we start to recognize the situations where that comes up, we're able to then start to reflect and go, okay, well, whose voice is this? How did we develop this self-critic? Which caregiver is it? So for example, perhaps maybe you had a passion that you always loved and you had a parent that always said that that passion was not a serious thing. Um, You'd never do anything with it. You needed to do something more serious. So you might find that every time you go, to pursue that or to spend time on it, the self-critic starts to kick in and naturally you start to kind of mimic um, the things that that caregiver would say. So that's another thing I think that just helps us to become more aware of what's happening in our thinking. And when we become more aware of that, we start to understand the habitual actions that come after that thinking or with that thinking. So we'd say, okay, I understand why I'm starting to avoid or procrastinate or Um, start to really criticize myself because this is something that this person really criticized me for in these situations when I was younger, this always came up. So you start to understand how you're wired. Um, And that's definitely the case for me. I started to understand 
when that self-critic was coming up, why it was coming up and who it most resembled out of my family system. Um, and if you don't know what an attachment style is, definitely have a Google of it. Um, it's a really great um, thing, a theory that gives us insight on how we connect based on the, the relationship that we had with the primary caregivers um, in our lives. So that's a really, really good insightful information. Now, the third thing that I want to, um, a point that really helped me, and this is from another um, theory that I really thought was helpful. Um, the theory is about having different parts and accepting those parts. So it's called um, family, uh, sorry, internal family systems. I went blank for a second there. So it's called internal family systems. And it sounds like it's about our family, but it's not. It's actually about the internal family. So all the different parts that we have. And in internal family systems, the part that I love about this theory the most is that it doesn't shun us for the different parts that we have. It actually tries to work with all the parts and understand all the parts. So I know that sounds a little bit weird and something that we might struggle to get our head around, but the way I like to think of it most is, um, you know, when you say, oh, I've got a, I've got this part of me that wants to do X, Y, and Z, I've got this part of me that says I should, or part of me that says I shouldn't. So think of that. And then think of all the different parts that we have. So sometimes we have a part that gets really stressed. Sometimes we have a part that gets really critical. Sometimes we have a part that kicks in and we start to feel maybe more calm and centered. We have different parts. And with this theory, the whole idea is that we then have what's called the self. So the self, I like to think of as kind of like the really wise, curious, non-judgmental part of ourselves that's able to converse or talk to these different parts as they come up. And one big part of this theory is that there's room to learn and accept all the parts. That's what I love about it. It's not about trying to get rid of any parts that we don't like. It's about trying to understand the purpose of those parts because naturally we have an inclination as human beings to protect, to avoid situations where we think are unsafe. And something I've learned with self-criticism is when we have a connection with a caregiver or a situation where someone that we love disapproves of who we are or what we do, we will naturally disconnect with that area of our lives. We'll avoid it. We'll pretend it's not there. So when we go to perhaps work on it, it can feel quite threatening to us because we've learned through our experience accidentally. And again, this is not intentional by caregivers. This is just, you know, our caregivers 99% of the time are trying to do what's best for us. But naturally we learn that being who we want to be um, or that part of us that we have is unsafe because we don't connect with the people that we're trying to connect with when we have that part or the fact that we have that part has been criticized. So we feel if we become part or allow that part, then we will be disconnected with our loved ones. And something that I really learned in uni, which was so interesting, was that it's not actually just the survival needs, it's the connection that keeps us going um, so they did this study with monkeys and obviously this was a long time ago because I don't think it would be really uh, ethical now, but um, they did this study with monkeys and they got these baby monkeys and they had two mothers. They had a mother, they were both made of wire. One mother was just a wire shaped mother and she fed them and the other mother was, had cloth around her. So she was more comforting and they found that even though the wire mother fed them, so it provided a physical need, a physical survival need, because obviously we all know we need to eat and drink to survive. That's a basic survival. No one actually thought that connection was part of that like group of basic survival needs. And it actually turned out that the monkeys tended to go to the cloth mother more. So 
after they got fed, they went straight to the cloth mother. Um, if they had a choice between the two, they tended to go to the cloth mother for comfort because that connection was part of the survival, was a strong part of survival. So naturally, we all have a strong inclination to connect with the main people in our lives. If we have been criticized for something that we love to do, uh, whether again, that's accidental or we've been criticized for a type of the way that we are for some sort of reason or a particular trait that we have, we will tend to try and avoid that part, bury that trait because it conflicts with our need, our drive to connect. It, it um, can comprom- We can feel as though it can compromise, comprom- sorry, getting tongue twisted today. We can feel as though it's going to compromise with that connection. So we hide that part and that self-critic in my experience, usually comes in to protect us to say, hey, no, we don't do this or we don't do that because if we do, we won't connect. We will be left out. We'll be ostracized. Uh, We won't connect with our loved ones and we won't survive. And I know that seems a little extreme, but it is important to remember that we do still have a primal brain that still drives us as human beings and understanding those primal needs and understanding, again, for example, how much the need to connect, the need to belong really affects us is important because this is where the the self-coaching comes in that we can start to understand the way our mind and our body works and to feel less judgmental and be more curious about it as well sorry my phones just rang then and I had a feeling that would happen today but that's okay um yeah so uh just recapping on what we went through so the first thing I would say is recognizing when the self-critic arises um so what situations then I would say recognizing the attachment style or the caregiver that that self-critic mimics that sounds like and then number three would be to remember that connection drives us and to allow room for that part um the self-critic can give us a lot of understanding if we allow it when we start to just understand its protectiveness and its purpose we start to feel less frustrated with it we don't fight with it as much and we find more self-acceptance which helps us to move past it um, and and allow when it's there allow ourselves to coach ourselves out of it so this leads me to point four so once we learn to allow room and space to accept that part of us that comes up, the next thing I would say is to see this as an opportunity to practice self-compassion. So this kind of goes hand in hand with the parts, accepting our parts as they are. So the self-critic as it comes up. So we start to recognize the situations it comes up. We start to recognize perhaps the background behind that voice, where it came from, the experiences that we had. So we start to understand ourselves a bit more. And we're becoming accepting of the fact that this is a part, this is just a part of us. It has a protective instinct. It's trying to, it has a purpose of trying to do something. In some ways, this part is trying to serve us. How? And then it's about practicing self-compassion. So for me, it was about becoming curious about the part again and being non-judgmental and saying, okay, so how is this part serving me? How is it trying to protect me? Um, What's it trying to do? And sort of coaching your way through that part. So it's about becoming the self, um, as it said in family systems, and really talking to that part and conversing with that part. And if you don't like that idea, sometimes it's just like, you know, when you sort of talk yourself down situations, so say you get anxious about something and you're like, it's okay, I can do this. It's the same sort of thing. So when that self-criticism comes up or when that part comes up and you start to feel overwhelmed by it and you recognize that the reason it's coming up and you're starting to understand yourself a bit more, you can start to talk yourself through it. Be curious, be non-judgmental. And something with self-compassion that I always say is talk to yourself as you would a friend or talk to yourself as you would your ideal parent would. So again, all our parents, 
99% well-intentioned, but perhaps there's a certain way that we wish we would have been spoken to about this part or we wish we would have been um, supported and recognized. So this is your opportunity now when that self-critic comes up to really start to self-parent, to work with that part of yourself that perhaps has been avoided or ignored because we felt like, again, if we allowed it, if we worked with it, we wouldn't connect. Working with a self-critic is a great opportunity to work on the relationship with self. It's such a great opportunity to really understand yourself and really just, I'd say improve your relationship with yourself, definitely. Um, For me, it's been understanding, you know, for me, the self-critic is all about protecting myself. And I think um, my family had, you know, and again, this is not the natural thing. Um, just I think it's a cultural thing that, you know, the females were usually quiet. So doing this type of work was very confronting. Um, outside of what was accepted, I was petrified that my family would find out about this. And um, and again, that fear of connection, right? That fear of not being approved of is really scary when you think about your main caregivers because the idea of, like, to us of loneliness actually equals... Um, not being able to survive. So that's something that's really helped me. So I really understand like, hey, that's okay. You're scared right now. And I understand for me that the self-critic is just trying to keep me connected to the ones that I love. And I also understand that that part, what it's doing doesn't serve. So then I kind of work through it and say, okay, I understand that you're really worried right now. And I understand that this is challenging, but this is something that I really need to do. And we're going to work through this and we'll figure it out um, and kind of calm that part down. And I know that this sounds a, it can sound a little bit, um, I think people get a little bit scared to converse with parts because there's this idea that that's a little bit crazy. Um, but again, I found that it works really well. Family systems is a really, um, internal family systems, sorry, is a really fantastic um, theory. It's helped quite a lot of people. I would highly recommend just having a read of it as well. Um, there's actually a book he, he um, the creator brought out called No Bad Parts and that's like an end consumer book which is really great because I'm about to read it too. But it really helps us to start to accept the different areas of ourselves and this is why I really focus on the self-critic because that is usually the hardest part to accept because again, it is challenging. It does reflect some of the feedback that we got as kids and it goes against all those like secret rules that we have, right? Those shoulds and should nots that we live by that sometimes we don't even realize. So that's what I would say about the self-critic. Recognize when the self-critic comes up, recognize the attachment style or caregiver that it resembles or sounds like. Understand that there's room to learn and accept all the parts that we have, including the self-critic. The self-critic at the end of the day is trying to serve us in some way, in my my experience, trying to protect us from experiences, uh, trying to protect us from things that we want to avoid that we perhaps um, experienced as a a child. Um, Work with that part, understand it. And when it does come up, coach it, talk to it, reparent yourself, um, speak to yourself as you would a friend, understand, hey, look, I see that that part's scared and I understand that and I understand why because of all the experiences, but I'm here now and there's something that I like to pursue and this is really important. So coaching yourself through that, that has really helped me. I think trying to get rid of the self-critic, um, again, is a way of denying the fact that we just have parts that come up that want to help us in their own way. And it's kind of like, you know, when a friend's trying to do something and perhaps it's not the way we'd go about it. So we kind of say, look, we know you're trying to help, but this isn't actually working for us. It's the same with your parts. They'll come up and they'll try and help. um, And that might not always be the way it works. It's about self-coaching your way 
getting into the self, becoming curious, non-judgmental towards that part, understanding its purpose, and then coaching yourself through it as it comes up and, and taking small steps as you coach yourself through it. So that's what I would say when it um, when we talk about overcoming the self-critic. These are the steps that have really helped. These are the steps that I would recommend. Um, I know it's really like it's, it's different to, I think, some of the things that I've read. A lot of people say, ignore it, um, work through it, uh, push through it. I'm not really one of those people that believes in... Um, that sort of aggressive way of pushing through. I think the self-compassion for me has worked better. So naturally I tend to go towards that. Um, so that's what I would say. Try not to, in my experience and the, the suggestions I would make, and again, take what resonates, leave what doesn't. Try to understand the part. It's kind of like when you're having an argument with someone and you sit there and then you try to really just understand each other and things just kind of get easier because you might not agree with that person, but you understand where they're coming from and you see the intention behind it. And it's the same when you have the different parts of yourself. When you're talking to the self-critic, when you're recognizing it, you start to understand it a bit more and get less frustrated and you deny it less because you're starting to understand it more and you're giving yourself the opportunity to understand yourself a bit better and work through that. And it's a lot easier to work through something when we understand it um, and we don't have to push ourselves through it. It's just a way of self-discovery, something that I found really helpful. So I hope that you found this episode uh, helpful. Um, all the, the the book that I mentioned and everything I mentioned will be in the description. Um, but this is the kind of stuff we're going to go through in the membership. This is uh, something that I'd like to walk, work through. We'll have a month on self-compassion. We will talk about the self-critic. Um, we will go into this internal family systems um, and think about the different parts and learn how to sort of work with ourselves and the parts that come up as they come up. These are just things that are really important in the journey. And the whole purpose of this membership is to help give you tools um, and tools that I have used as well that have really helped me to help us create a life and live a life and become a person that, that we really want to be, to feel like you know our journey is meaningful and purposeful and allow ourselves to create that and have a box of, of mental health resources that we can use when we come up to challenges and obstacles and experiences. And so that's what the membership is about. Um, again, we'll be going through content like this, but just with more um, specific exercises, activities, it'll be short and sweet because I respect the fact that everybody is busy and it'll be a community. So you'll have accountability. You'll have people there to support you. So if that's something that you're interested in, um, there's a link there where you can join the wait list. And I will be doing a masterclass based around what we'll be teaching in the um, membership. So if that's something you're interested in, make sure to jump on the list because when that masterclass comes out, you will be the first to know because you'll be on the email list. So thank you so much for listening today. And as I always say, take what resonates, leave what doesn't. I hope this has helped and I'll catch you in the next episode.